morning. We thank you for your workings in our lives. We thank you that you are the overseer of our lives, the savior of our souls, the redeemer of our lives, the deliverer of our lives. This morning be enthroned in our midst. This morning we surrender unto you and we ask for your rulership, your sovereignty in this place. We bring every heart, every mind under your authority and we pray that you will speak and minister unto us in power, in word, in full assurance. May our lives be changed and be transformed as we sit at your feet and receive your word. We give you praise for your love that you demonstrated on the cross of Calvary. We give you all glory in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Kindly take your seats. First Thessalonians chapter 1 verse 5. Thank you, Jesus. Bible says, for our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Ghost and in much assurance. As ye know what manner of men we were among you for your sake. The declaration of the word of God is not just informative. Paul said that the word, the gospel, it's not just in word only. Say word only. Word. It has several dimensions. When we sit in lecture and our lecturers give their lecture, they are educating us. So they are giving us information. Say information. But that cannot be said of the word of God. The word of God is not words only. It's not vocabulary. It's not Greek, Hebrew, Latin that have been put together that is being communicated to you. It's not a storyline that we are just passing on to you. It is life that is being passed on to you. Paul said it also comes in what? In power. Jesus said, the words that I speak unto you, they are life and they are heart. They are spirit. They are not just words only. This morning, I pray that the word of God that is coming, you will not see it as a word only, but see it as life and spirit that is entering into you. The prophet said, and the words entered into me. The spirit was entered into me. And took me and put me on my feet. May the word of God enter into your spirit. Because it has power. It has life. It's not just words only. The word of God has transforming power. The word of God, Bible says, this word of God, it is inspired by God. Amen. May the word of God inspire you this morning. May we receive the inspiration of the word of God. There are a number of things that clamor for our attention as we live this life. And when we come to church, at times it's as if we've come to a lecture hall. We've come to God. And the words we are receiving, they are words of life and they are spirit. They are not like the words of our lectures. And this morning I pray that that word will accomplish the purpose. God said he does not send forth his word to come and it returns to him. No. It has creative power, transforming power, healing power, delivering power. 
It comes not only in word, but also in what? In power. Dunamis. May the power of God or the power in the word of God work something human beings cannot work. Something you yourself cannot work. May the word of God accomplish that. Because it has the power, inherent power in the word of God. This morning I want to share with you on this gospel. Say this gospel. This gospel. There's an amount of evangelism and missions and I'm sharing with us this gospel. This gospel. This gospel. I don't know where I'll get to, but wherever we'll get to, we'll continue next week. Say this gospel. This gospel. You know, the word gospel means good news. It means good news. All right. Are you following? What is good news? So many things can be defined by different people as good news. I'm sure the day you opened, you see, at times you want you want to look at it, you want to open the exam question and look at it. <laughs> and you are trembling, trembling, because you are afraid of what is there. And you open, you saw your result. It's good news, isn't it? Good news. And there are various good news or pieces of news we hear that is exciting to us and it's transient. It makes you happy. But at a point in time, um, you get back to your smoothness level. (laughs) But there is something called the good news. And that is what we call this gospel. You know, when we were being trained in medical school, they trained us how to disclose bad news. We call it disclosure. How to disclose bad news. Let's assume that I'm taking care of a patient and the patient passes on or maybe the patient dies or maybe the patient has cancer that is incurable and the patient's family or relatives need to know what is happening. So let me use the death situation. So I'm taking care of patients, the relatives come around and they are not they are not seeing the patient around or whatever. We call them to a particular place. There are factors, there are certain things you need to do before you disclose. Amen. That is even bad news. Oh, bad news. So you need to make sure relatives are calmed down, get them into a confines where in case you tell them they will not harm themselves. Because people handle bad news differently. You need to look at what you are coming to say and how you will say it. (laughs) Bad news, oh, bad news. Then, if you need a counselor to be there, you can get somebody who is professional to be with you. Because some people, when you tell them bad news, Oh, um, Mr. White, um, please, what work do you do? Mm, okay, we are establishing rapport. Oh, okay. So, you know, we've been taking care of your wife, I mean, for this past three weeks, and you are very much aware of the complications she came with and other things, and this and this, this is what we we're doing, and we did our best, and at a point, this, this, anyway, um, 
Um, what's what's how many children do you have? Where do you go to church? Um, who are the people who support you? I mean, you're trying to find the support systems around the person. So you you need to explore all that, see the dependents that are going to be taken care of because when a woman dies people need to be taken care of so you you are running around uh, before you say so unfortunately we did our best but we lost your wife some people will scream some people will fall down people have collapsed in our presence before just hearing bad news so many things happen to people so we are trained how to disclose these things. You need to have people around because at times you hold this, this. I've wept, I've cleaned a lot of tears, tissue, I mean, embrace, hug, put your hand around. Bad news. What do we do about good news? Are we excited about good news? Do we celebrate good news? This is bad news, oh. We need to do a lot to communicate bad news. I'm telling you. And those of you who work in the health setting, you appreciate it. When you come to Confanochi early in the morning, it's like a, a funeral. Yeah, yeah. Because people die, a lot of people die in the night. There's a block called D block. A lot of people, that is where people with terminal disease and they, they, people die. So in the morning, five o'clock, when it's visiting hours, people are coming to come and visit. They are, by the time they come, the bed is not there. Then they start wailing. Yeah, yeah. Then some people are rolling on the floor. Then they start saying all sorts of things. And they, and they, no, they mentioning names of people. People react to bad news differently. But here we are, we have good news. Oh, thank you, Jesus. The good news of Jesus Christ coming to die for you and I and giving his life as a ransom for many so that you and I can have eternal life and you and I can have a relationship with the Father. But we don't make noise about this good news. You know, God's agenda is a world agenda. It's a global agenda. Say global agenda. Global agenda. And God's global agenda or God's world vision, his vision for the world, his vision transcends you and I. God's vision goes beyond Nybeck Hostel. It goes beyond Rehoboth. It goes beyond your engineering course you are pursuing. It goes beyond your computer science. God's agenda is for the entire world. Bible says in the book of John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever does what? believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting his, his, his gift was to the entire world and he did this because he wants to have a relationship with us and God since creation has been pursuing this to rally men all around towards himself so that he could have fellowship and have a relationship with us and it's for this reason that he sent forth his son Jesus and now let's look, listen to what Jesus did. Let's read the book of Mark. Matthew chapter 4. Verse 23. This gospel. 
Matthew 4, 23. Then we'll read Matthew 9, 35. It's about, it's similar. Bible says, and Jesus went about all Galilee. Take note of these keywords. He went about. Say went about. Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel. So he went about everywhere as far as Galilee is called. Galilee was like a province. He went everywhere in Galilee. No area was excluded. Praise the Lord. He went he went about everywhere and he was doing a number of things. He was doing what? Teaching. Say teaching. Teaching. And he was preaching. And he was not just preaching anything. He was preaching this gospel. The good news. Say the good news. So Jesus went about all Galilee teaching and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all manner of sickness. May the Lord heal all manner of sickness in your life. This is the mandate of Jesus. He went everywhere, preached to everybody that he could meet and he preached the gospel, the good news of what God can do, the gift of God to mankind. And as he was doing that, he dealt with all kinds of sickness and diseases among the people. Matthew chapter 9, verse 35. The same thing. Matthew chapter 5, verse 35. 9, verse 35. Bible says, and this time, it wasn't just Galilee or that province. This time, Bible says, Jesus went about all cities and all villages. Every city need to hear the gospel. Every village need to hear the gospel. Every country need to hear the gospel. This gospel is God's agenda that he has released to the world that he will have a relationship with every individual. And Bible says his son, Jesus, who came, he went to every city, he went to every village. And what was he doing? Teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. Praise the Lord. This gospel to all cities, to all villages, healing the sick. You know, the other time I was sharing with us from the book of Luke chapter 4 verse 18, when Jesus announced his mandate that the spirit of God is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor, to set the captives free, to heal the oppressed and other things. I was telling you the effect of sin on mankind. Amen. Hello? Are you following? The effect of sin on mankind. That sin paralyzes us. Sin puts us in captivity. Sin makes us poor. Sin brings diseases and infirmities on us. Sin really makes us blind. If you don't know, this is how sin makes you. You may be a fine boy. Yesterday we went to preach. Went for evangelism. We met a fine boy. He was so fine, so fine. I mean, he has he has cut his hair so nicely. He had the body and everything. He has shaved very nicely. His beard was <laughs> very nicely trimmed. You know, had, recently I saw something. They had written the beard is pleasure. Enjoy it. <laughs> and I said, hey, <laughs> Samuel. <laughs> Beard is pleasure. 
enjoy it. So they have creams so that you get a beard. And some of you are enjoying the pleasure of beard. <laughs> May God help us. Amen. <laughs> you need to watch things that are pleasurable. Amen. Things that are pleasurable. You don't have spiritual value. Amen. <laughs> I'm not saying don't keep beard. Please keep beard. They are nice. nice. And well, this guy was a fine boy. Fine boy. And he was doing it. He was doing what? Electrical engineering. Fine boy. He was not born again. Amen. Sin, irrespective of how fine you are, spiritually you'll be blind. You will be in captivity, diseases, sickness. Sin makes us poor. Sin makes us poor before God. Sin puts you in prison, no matter how fine you are. And it takes the hand of God to bring you out of that prison. And that is the good news we must be excited about. And that is this gospel that we must preach. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So Bible says Jesus went about every city, every village and he preached and he teached this gospel. And he whilst he was doing that, he was healing the sick, healing the oppressed and ministering to people. Amen. And Jesus' ministry was so clear. He did this over and over and over and he was pushing God's global agenda. Look at what they said about him in the book of John chapter 12 verse 19. May you go about preaching the gospel. Amen. Very soon you understand why I'm, I'm, I'm going somewhere. <laughs> Bible says, and the Pharisees said among themselves, the Pharisees therefore said among themselves, perceive ye how ye prevail nothing. You see, the Pharisees had sought to impede Jesus, put obstacles and impediments his way and they sought to attack him, sought to arrest him and now they were having a discussion among themselves. They said, shall I see how we have done and done and we've not been able to prevail against this man. However, the world has done what? Has gone after him. Praise the Lord. God's agenda is that the world will go after him. The world will seek Jesus. And the Pharisees actually, we sought to obstruct this man. We sought to interfere, inhibit, and hinder him. But Charlie, it's been fruitless. May the world begin to go after Jesus. Amen. Amen. And Jesus, whilst he was here, did everything, deployed everything to carry the gospel to the ends of the world. He trained people, commissioned the disciples. Actually, at a point, he sent them and they came and they brought reports to him because he needed to finish the assignment that the father has given him by preaching the gospel of the kingdom. Praise the Lord. And he says something in the book of Matthew chapter 24, verse 14. Matthew chapter 24, verse 14. The Bible says, and this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached unto all the world as a witness unto all the nations 
and this gospel, say this gospel, and this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations. So church, I came this morning to tell you that this gospel that the Father has handed over unto us, the gospel of Jesus being given unto mankind so that we can have a restored relationship with the Father, this gospel must be preached unto every nation, to every person in this world. Every creature must hear this gospel. Amen. Amen. And read the book of Mark chapter 16, verse 15 to 16. You hear Jesus giving instructions to the disciples. We'll come to that part later on. But aside this instruction that Jesus gave, Jesus has said it, and it must come to pass, amen, that before the end of the world comes, the gospel must be preached. Your roommates must hear the gospel. Your family members must hear the gospel. People at the ends of the world must hear the gospel. Everyone must hear the gospel. That is Jesus' instruction. It shall be preached. There are, however, a lot of factors that come into play. Amen. A lot of factors that come into play for the gospel to get to its destination and get the deserving results. And I want us to look at these factors in the book of Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10. We'll take our time and look at them. One after the other. So that you don't get lost. I want us to focus on 13 to 15, but because of um, continuity, maybe we can start from verse 7 there about. 9, 7, verse 8. My focus will be from verse 13 to 15, but I want us to start from verse 8 so that you will appreciate the various factors we are going to bring out from this scripture. Okay, let's flow. But what, uh, what saith it? The word is near thee, even in thy mouth, and in thy heart, sorry. That is the word of faith, which we preach. Say, take note of that. Which we do what? We preach. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thy heart that God had raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Amen. This is how we get born again. Do you understand it? This is, this is the gospel. For the scripture saith, whosoever, whosoever believeth on him shall be saved. Next verse, please. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. Now, let's take note. Take note of this. Bible says what? Let's read it together. Oh no, there's 13. Let's read it together. Go. So before you get saved, what must you do? You must call upon the name of the Lord, right? Okay. So salvation is, is the desired outcome of the gospel. The gospel 
must be responded to for people to be saved so that they can have a relationship with God. Amen. So the sal- salvation is the end result of the gospel. Amen. Yeah. But before people can be saved, they must do what? Call upon the name of the Lord. Next verse. Let's read it together. Ready, go. How then shall they call on him? How then shall they call on him? On him in whom they have not believed. So you are seeing another factor here, right? So, who can be saved? And who can call upon the name of the Lord? Those who have what? Believed. So there are factors associated to believing upon the name of the Lord. Amen. And there are factors in relation to calling upon the name of the Lord. Then you can be saved. Hallelujah. So it first says that how can they be saved unless they call? And how can they call unless they do what? They believe. Next one. Let's read it together. How shall they? Oh, please. Don't let me lose you. Yes, you've read it. Please, some of you are not reading. Let's read it together. Ready, go. So there's another factor. What factor do we see here? Hearing. Praise the Lord. So it builds the point that for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And how can they call on whom they have not believed? That means they need to believe. And when you believe, then you can do what? Place the call. And when you place the call, you will be heard. Praise God. Because Bible says, it didn't say fair people who call upon. It says whosoever. Whosoever, whether you are a Jew, a Greek, whether you are a Zimbabwean, a Ghanaian, whether you are an Ashanti or an Ewe, whosoever shall call upon the name shall be saved. But you can't call unless you do what? You believe. And you can't believe unless you do what? You hear. All right, let's continue. And how shall they hear? Please, those are the back. (laughs) So, what factor do we see here? A preacher, praise the Lord. Preaching, very, very important. And Bible says Jesus went about doing what? Teaching and what? Preaching the gospel of the kingdom. Jesus went about teaching and preaching the gospel. And Bible says that how can they be saved? Whoever call upon the name shall be saved. And how can they call unless they believe? And how can they believe unless they do what? They hear. And how can they hear if their preacher doesn't go? How can they hear if somebody does not preach to them? And that is why you need to preach the gospel. Only, only the people say amen. amen. God bless you. Amen. And how shall they preach? How can they hear without a preacher? So there's factors associated with 
calling, calling. It's not calling anymore. You must call the name of the Lord. Amen. Yeah. Hey, you must call the name of the Lord. You don't call some um, Confucius or Plato or Socrates. You call on the name of the Lord. Amen. Yeah. And how can they call on whom they have no beliefs? That means you must believe. And you can only believe when you hear. And you can only hear when a preacher comes. Now, let's move to another group of, another set of factors. Let's read it together. Ready, go. And how shall they preach except they be what? Saint. There's another factor here we are talking about. You must be saint. Amen. I'm sure somebody is asking, so are there some people who have been sent and others who have not been sent? We will talk about that next week. Amen. Amen. Talk about that. We are going to address all the factors. Amen. Amen. Because you see there, calling upon the name of the Lord, believing upon the name of the Lord, hearing the name of the Lord, preaching, a preacher, praise the Lord. Then be sent. All right, let's continue. As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach what? They preach what? The gospel of peace. Paul in another version says the gospel of grace. Amen. So the other factor here is the gospel and that is what I'm preaching on. Praise the Lord. The gospel. So the gospel comes between the preacher and being sent. Also, when you go and preach, you must preach the gospel. Amen. So we see a lot of factors in here. And God and Bible is telling us that how shall they preach except they be sent? And it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel? At times when you are preaching the gospel, it looks shameful. At times when you are preaching the gospel, it looks embarrassing. It looks as if you don't have... Yesterday when we went to preach to some people, you know, even before the... We had access to the hostel to preach. It was as if, ah, people, don't you have any important thing to do? It's that you should see us about, we were about 28, almost 30 people that we got. We want to go and preach. Those of us here, how many of us were there yesterday? You're part of the evangelists. Can you put your hands together for all of them? Please appreciate them. Your clap, clap. Amen. Bible says, how beautiful are the feet of them that brings this tidings, the gospel of peace. However, when you are preaching it, it appears as if it's embarrassing. It's shameful. When you're talking about Bible, who talks about Bible nowadays? Let's talk about something else. It appears shameful. It appears as if you don't have any better thing to do. But I'm telling you, your feet are beautiful. In the realms of the heavens, God sees that you are the one carrying the mandate of the kingdom, this gospel. And you are such a precious being to God, preaching the gospel. Amen. Amen. How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace. But this morning, I want us to bring an aspect that affects all these six factors that I mentioned. I mentioned about six factors. Calling upon the name of the Lord. Believing, isn't it? Hearing. Preach, preaching, 
being sent than the gospel itself. Praise the Lord. All right. I'm addressing all these factors with the role of prayer in all these things. Amen. Let's look at why prayer must go into the pursuit for souls. I'll start off with Matthew chapter 9, verse 38. Help us, Lord. The same thing can be found in the book of Luke chapter 10, verse 2. And Jesus was the one who said this. He said that, Pray therefore, the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers into the harvest. Praise the Lord. Luke chapter 10 verse 2 also talks about the same thing. Jesus said that, Charlie, pray, pray, pray. The harvest is plenteous. So he said, he said unto them, the harvest is truly great, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. Praise the Lord. So you realize that we talked about the fact that you don't just have preachers. People must be sent. Amen. And Jesus is saying that pray that the Lord of the harvest will send people, will send you and I. Next week when we take our time to talk about sent, you realize that all of us have been sent. Amen. 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 Oh, you're not happy you have been sent. So Jesus says pray, pray. Some prayer must go into it so that these people will preach the gospel. Some prayer must go into the pursuit of souls. So Jesus said, pray. The need is huge. Pray. Because some of the preachers who have been sent, they don't have the heart of the master. Some of the preachers, they don't have, some of us, we preach, we don't, we don't care for the flock we are preaching to. We don't have compassion. The Bible says Jesus wept. He saw them. He saw all the people, the multitude of people. He saw them and he, he was weeping in his heart. And he had compassion for them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. That is the heart of the preacher. Praise the Lord. If you preach the gospel in your heart, you don't have a shared burden with Jesus. May God help us. That we will have the heart of the master. The heart that is bleeding. That is wishing that people will get born again. May you have the heart of the master. And that is why prayer must go in. Prayer must go in. Praise the Lord. Even Jesus. One of the ministries Jesus has entered into. After his death on the cross. Is the ministry of prayer and intercession. Romans chapter 8 verse 34. Bible says Do we have it? Is it, is it 34? Okay. Let me read it so that our people don't slow me down. 
Okay, I think it's 30. Yeah, it's 34. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died. Yea, rather, that is risen again. Who is even at the right hand of God? Who also make intercession for what? For us. So Bible says Jesus, when he died and rose again from the death, he's at the right hand of God and he maketh intercession for you and I. Praise the Lord. And whilst he was here, he was telling us that we should pray that the Lord of the harvest will send laborers. Some amount and some quantum of prayer must go into this thing. Praise the Lord. So Jesus is still laboring in prayer and making intercession for us. That people will carry his heart and preach this gospel. Revelation chapter 18. Verse 10 to 13. Bible says in Revelation chapter 18 verse 10. It says, standing afar off for the fear of her torment, saying, Alas, alas, that great city, Babylon, this is in the book of Revelations, you know what Revelations is all about. The great city of Babylon, that mighty city, for in one hour is thy judgment come. Verse 11. And the merchants, take note of the word, the word is what? Merchants. Say merchants. What is the meaning of merchants? A merchant is someone who does what? Trading, isn't it? Business, buying and selling. And the merchants of the earth, <laughs> they are merchants of the earth, praise the Lord. The merchants of the earth shall weep and mourn over her, for no man buyeth their merchandise anymore. Amen. Then he puts a semicolon, a colon there. Then he begins to list the merchandise. The merchandise of what? Number one. So we read it together. The merchandise of what? The next one. The next one. The next one. And. 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 So what are they doing? They are doing merchandise of what? All these things, isn't it? Let's continue. And of what? Again. Again. All manner of vessels of Avi and what? All manner of vessels of precious. And what again? And of and of yes, let's continue. So they are doing business, and here on earth, a lot of businesses are taking place. Amen. Merchandise, amen. And cinnamon, continue, read. And fine, fine flour, okay, and the souls of men. That is why you and I must pray. The souls of men are being merchandised. So sad, but that is the reality. Slaves, captives. You see how it began to list the things. It started with inanimate things. Cinnamon, gold, stones, this, this. And it began to move to sheep. Living things, right? Animals, sheep, beasts. Then it begins to move to a higher level of slaves and of the souls of men. Church, pursuit for souls is a spiritual battle, praise the Lord. Because the souls of men are being merchandised. 
See, the people we see, eh, when you go and preach to somebody, it's not just the words you are preaching. You are pulling that person from the dungeon of sin. You are pulling that person from the prison of sin. The souls of men have been merchandised and the devil have some people in his captivity that you and I must pray through in prayer. Stand on our, on our feet or on our knees and pray through and wrestle the souls of men because the souls of men have been merchandised. Some of the people in our family, they have been merchandised. You've preached to them. They are not hearing. But some amount of prayer must go in. Praise the Lord. It's about time you begin to raise up some level of prayer to wrestle the souls of men. Merchandised. Sometimes you preach, you preach. The person is like he's hearing, but he's not, he's not hearing. He's not understanding you. It's about time to go on your knees and begin to pray. For the souls of men have been merchandised. Slaves. There's something called that he was teaching us the other time, lawful captives. Lawful captives. So if you in this world we have the spirit of God and the spirit of the devil. Take note of that. Those powers are in control. Of course, the devil is under God. All power belongs unto God. Amen. So you either belong to God or you are in the other camp. And Bible says that we are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a peculiar nation, a holy people, that we should show forth the praises of him who have called us from what? Darkness into his marvelous light. So you are either in darkness or you are in his marvelous light. So every now and then there is a spiritual battle to wrestle people from darkness into what? The marvelous light. And when you yield to whoever is your power, you become his servant. And when you become his servant, you become a lawful captive. So if you yield to sin and you fall into a particular sin, there are a lot of sins that put us into captivity. All sort of addictions. All sort of things that enslave you. Things that entice you. Is that how sin is? Sin is enticing, isn't it? You know that. It's, it's inviting. It's, it's nice. Just try it. Just try it. I mean, just, just, just give it a try. Oh, do it quickly. That is how sin is. It's, 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 it, it oppresses you. It obsesses you. It's trying and push you. Do that thing. Do that thing. And when you yield into it, you become a lawful captive. And when you become a lawful captive, legally, you are a captive. That is lawful captive. So I I can't come and say that, give me your slaves. No, I don't have legal rights. The the slaves belong to you, right? So before that happens, some amount of prayer must go so that ownership will change as far as people who are kept in captivity are concerned. Do you understand what I'm sharing? I'm talking about the souls of men being merchandised. And they have enticed the souls of men and put people in captivity. And people are in the kingdom of darkness. It will take some level of prayer to open the doors for people to come out. Amen. Amen. Read the book of Luke chapter 11. 
21 to 22. Then Mark chapter 3, verse 27. Let's read the Mark chapter 3, verse 27. Then we'll move to Luke chapter 11, 21 to 22. Help us, Lord. No man can enter into a strong man's house and spoil his goods, except he, he will first bind the strong man. Then he will spoil his house. Praise the Lord. So you see the superpowers at play here. There is a strong man. Let's look at the Matthew and the other, um, um, the Luke rendition. Look at the, what Luke said. When a strong ma man armed, please. When a strong man armed, keepeth his palace, his goods are what? So he's not just a strong man, he is what? Armed. So this thing about souls of men, eh, people's eyes have been blinded. People are kept in captivity because a strong man is in charge. And the strong man is armed. He is an armed strong man. And he has his goods, his merchandise under his control. And Bible says, the next verse, but when a stronger, say when a stronger, when a stronger. stronger than he shall come upon him and overcome him and take it from him all his armor wherein he trusted and divided his spoils. Praise the Lord. And that is what Jesus did. Bible says that he, he disarmed powers and principalities. By virtue of his death, he destroyed the devil and he destroyed his works. So the strong man had been dealt with. But there are people who have still made themselves lawful captive and they still stay under his captivity. And it will take you and I for us to go into some level of prayer. Say level of prayer. To begin to intercede. To begin to pray. Labor for the souls of men. Cry that people will see Jesus. Cry that people will get born again. Cry that people's hearts will be open. The strong man needs to be put aside. Then the gates open for people to see the gospel. There is a battle for the souls of men. You may be walking campus, bachelor, things are happening spiritually. And there is a battle to, now you are in church, eh? there is a battle to pull you out of church if you don't know. There is a battle to put you back into the world. There is a battle to make you backslide. There is a battle for you to lose your faith. Bible says in the book of Luke, Bible says Jesus looked at Peter's face and said, Peter, the devil had desired to have you. As you are sitting here, you don't know, but I, Jesus, I'm seeing another realm, another level, and I'm seeing contention and battles of wrestling that they are trying to wrestle to have you. The devil has desired to have you that he might sift you as what? As wheat. But I have prayed for you. Praise the Lord. And thank God for the intercessions of Jesus. That is what is keeping us. And that is what is translating people from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son, Jesus Christ. But I have prayed for you. Who are you praying for? Who are you praying for? The souls of men are in contention. The kingdom of darkness is laboring to keep people in darkness. To keep people walking in sin. And Jesus said, Peter, I've prayed for you. You will betray me, but I've prayed for you that your faith will not fail. 
May your faith not fail in Jesus' name. As you sit in church, a lot of things are going on. Some of the things are even from our background. Some of the things are from the people we've gotten associated with. Some friends who the devil is using to pull you out of church. Some associations, some friendship. Gradually luring you out of church. Luring you from your faith. So that you will lose your faith. But I pray for you. That your faith will not fail. I pray for you that your faith will not fail. There's a lot of merchandise going on in the realm of the spirit. As far as the souls of men is concerned. Why should people be bargaining about the souls of men? Why? The superpower, the, 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 the merchandise, Babylon. You know what Babylon stands for? The world. Babylon. They are, they are, they are exchanging the souls of men. The devil has desired to have you. But I've prayed for you. May you pray for somebody. Your amen is weak. Amen. May you pray for somebody. Amen. God help us. Thank God a stronger man has, has come. A stronger man. And Jesus said in the book of Luke chapter 10 verse 19, Behold, I give unto you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the powers of the enemy. All. All. Say all. All, all the powers of the enemy. So you have your father's salvation and you have a role to play. Your mother's salvation, you have a role to play. Your sibling's salvation, you have, you have power to pray for their salvation and disarm the devil so that they can see the glorious light of the gospel of Jesus. Amen. Now let's read the book of 2 Corinthians. Let me just run that because of time. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Let's read verse 3. Verse 2, verse 3 thereabouts. So look at this scripture. <laughs> But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. So that means there are things that are hiding the gospel from people. Do you appreciate this? It says, if our gospel, this gospel, this good news, I told you how we struggle even to break bad news. But this good news that you think it should be common, this good news that is, you think it should be preached all over the world, I'm telling you, Bible says that it is hid. That means people are seeing the gospel, but they are not seeing it. Hello? People are hearing the gospel, but they are not hearing it. So Bible says, if our gospel be hid, it is hid unto them that are lost. The next verse. In whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not. Hey! There's the ghosts of this world, amen. They are working at that level to keep people from not seeing this gospel, this good news. So a lot of contention is taking place. And church, we are being called to rise up on our feet to pray. We are being called to rise to a level of prayer. Because the ghosts of this world are working to blindfold people. Their minds, their minds cannot see. At times you don't know why you preach and people are not responding. They, they are blindfolded. Their minds are blinded. So Bible says, the ghost of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not. Least the light, because immediately that blindfold leaves, the light will do what? Will shine upon them. 
And when the light shined upon them, the, the, at least the light of the glorious gospel of Jesus. See, when, when I start talking about, I told you about the factors. The gospel, it has light. Say light. light. See, the, the light of the gospel of Jesus, it will shine. And the devil doesn't want it to shine. But I pray that as when we come to a level of prayer, when we come to a place of intercession, that blindfold will go off and the light will begin to shine. That roommate of yours, you begin, you begin to realize that the light will begin to shine upon that person. And whoever the light shine, Bible says, them that sat in darkness have seen a great light. Unless light doesn't come. If you sit in darkness, you will enjoy the darkness. But the day light comes, you will jump out of the darkness. Nobody sees light and stays in darkness. But as far as their eyes are blinded, even when the light shines, they don't see. They are still in darkness. Do you understand it? And that is why some level of prayer must go in. Because the gods of this world has blinded their minds. Least the light shines. When the light shines, the devil has no control. May God help us. May God call, may God bring us to a level of prayer, a level of intercession, where we will begin to pray for people so that the gospel can shine upon their hearts. The place of prayer is very, very important. The last scripture, Acts chapter 13, 7 to 12. So Jesus asks us to pray that the Lord of the harvest will send people. And he tells us to also pray to deal with a strong man. Paul has also taken his time to tell us a number of things. Now let's look at what happened. There was a time Paul was preaching the word. And when he was preaching the word, he was preaching to a particular big man. He was a deputy in that province or in that country. So Bible says the name of the man was Sergius Paulus. So which was the deputy of the country? Sergius Paulus, a prudent man who called for Barnabas and Saul. Saul is the same person who is called Paul. I hope you know that. When he had an encounter with the Lord, when the light shined upon him, he became born again. His name was changed to Paul. So when you see Saul, Paul is the same person. A prudent man who called for Barnabas and Saul and desired to do what? Here. You remember I told you who shall call upon, whoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be what? And how can they call on whom they have not believed? And how can they believe on whom they've not heard? And how can they hear? Unless there is a preacher. Amen. And how can the person preach unless he is what? So you realize that I've told you about all this and I told you the preacher must preach the gospel of what? Gospel of peace. Also known as the gospel of what? Grace. But the prayer must affect all these things. So this time, this man, yes, the preacher has come. The preacher has the gospel. Paul is going to preach the gospel. But the hearing, say the hearing. So listen to what happened. The man wants to hear. He's a prudent man. See, that's why I said, you can be a fine boy. You can be a prudent man. But if you are not born again, eh, you are in the other kingdom. Amen. So look at what happened. But Elimas, the sorcerer, for so is his name by interpretation, interpretation, withstood them 
seeking to turn away the deputy from the faith. So, the deputy, who is Sergius Paulus, was the one who says, okay, bring Paul and Barnabas. Let them come and preach. Let's hear what they have to say. So, Elimas was standing by Sergius Paulus. And Sergius Paulus didn't know Elimas was a sorcerer. But as Elimas was standing there, he was intercepting and diverting and causing interference like network. Yeah, you want to place a call and it's not, it's, not, it's, like it's not going through. Some interference has taken place. Amen. So this man, Sergius Paulus, desired to hear, but a lot of things were happening and he was not responding. Look at the next verse. Then Saul, who is also called Paul, filled with the Holy Ghost, hallelujah, he set his eyes on Elimas, noted him because he realized that the battle has moved from just hearing. There's another level, amen. He set his eyes on the man and look at what happened and said, oh, full of subtlety and all mischief, thou child of the devil, thou enemy of righteousness, will thou not cease to pervert the right ways of the Lord? So the man was trying to turn Sergius Paulus' attention and so all the hearing, at times you stand and you preach, you preach all your powerful sermons, but it's like it's falling on deaf ears. May God give you some discernment of spirit. Amen. That as you pray and you deal with these things, you realize that the gospel is having its free course. Amen. There is a light in the gospel that must shine. But the devil blinds people. He tries to block people from being sent. And when they are sent, he says, okay, he'll move to the next level. He'll make them preach something else. When they decide to preach the gospel, he decides to blind the people who are hearing so that they cannot see the light. When you pray, they must see the light. When the light is coming, they must hear. Praise the Lord. They must hear. (laughs) But this time, there was a lot of distraction in the hearing. And Paul descended. and he dealt with Elimas. And look at how it happened. And now behold, the hand of the Lord is upon thee. Thou shalt be blind. Not see, because Elimas was making people blind. Yeah. Spiritually. Yeah. Now he will be blind. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Not seeing the sun for a season. And immediately there fell on him a mist and a darkness. And he went about seeking someone to lead him by the hand. Look at the next verse. Then the deputy when he saw what was done, believed, being astonished at the doctrine of the Lord. Praise the Lord. So before people can move through the trajectory of meeting a saint preacher and hearing this gospel and believing and calling upon the name of the Lord, there are a lot of prayer that must go in to deal with all these interferences because there is a contention for souls. There is a contention to distract people from hearing. There is a contention to blind the minds of people that they cannot perceive the light of Jesus Christ. And I pray that you and I will rise up unto prayer. It's our time to pray. It's a generation that we must rise up and pray and seek that this gospel will be preached to the ends of the world. And that it will not just be preached. People will respond to the gospel. And they will be saved. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be what? Shall be saved. Salvation awaits the people of this world. But it will take you and I if we enter into a place of prayer 
a place of prayer. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. This gospel must have its free course. Paul at a point says that pray for us that we will preach the gospel. We will preach the gospel as we ought to preach it. Praise the Lord. Pray for us. What quantum of prayer has gone in? Who are you praying for? Like I said, Jesus has even entered into that ministry of continuously praying for you and I. We can't do less. Church, it's time to pray. Say it's time to pray. This gospel of the kingdom must be preached to the ends of the world before the end comes. I want us to listen to this song by Rebolt. Take note of the words. Then after that, we'll go into a brief time of prayer. How many of you know Rebolt? How many of you don't know Rebolt? You don't know Rebolt? Oh, feel free, don't worry. It's not an exam question. It's not a missing lesson. Rebolt, okay. Okay. Can we have the video? We can see it. And increase, increase the volume for us. This is an old song. Every day they pass me by. Listen to the words of the song. The title is People Need the Lord. I can see 